0: Welcome to McKnight's Senior Living Newsmakers podcast, where we share the latest information and views from industry leaders. Hi, this is Lois Bowers, editor of McKnight Senior Living. Meeting the needs of middle-income adults is a challenge facing the senior living industry. Amy Scheckman, president and CEO of Two Life Communities, is going to share the approach that Two Life is taking. Amy, thanks for making time to speak with me today. But first of all, I'd like to congratulate you on being named a McKnight's Woman of Distinction.
1: Thank you so much. I really think that's a reflection of Two Life communities and our incredible passion for social justice for every older adult. And so I feel very honored that you share that passion to
0: amplify our cause. Two Life has a relatively new brand, Opus, to serve middle-income adults. Could you tell us briefly about Opus and how it meets this need or will meet this need?
1: So happy to talk about Opus. Thank you. Um, Let me just start by saying why it's such an imperative. We believe by right every adult should have, every older adult should have the opportunity to live a full life of connection and purpose in a dynamic supportive environment. We call that aging in community. And there's a huge market gap. Our senior housing market is very barbelled. If you're very low income, we've got lots of good, not enough, but we have good affordable housing you can wait for. There's a long waiting list, but you can get it. If you're very wealthy, there are many options. You're profitable. There's a million people in the market trying to compete for your business. And that's great for you because there's a lot of opportunity. If you fall in that vast middle, you earn a little bit too much to qualify for subsidized, but not enough wealth to really afford the, the market options. You're really without any opportunity to age in community. And we think that's a moral imperative to fix that. So that's what we're trying to do. Now, the reason no one does it is it's almost impossible to do organizationally. If you were ever to charge enough money to pay for all the programs and services we believe are essential if people are going to spend their full lives with us, never leave us, um, you'd have to charge prices that get you up into the wealth wealthy area. So we banged our head against the wall for about five or six years and said, we have to. It's a moral imperative, we have to solve this. And we came up with a couple of key concepts that we think break, break the, through the barriers. The first and perhaps most important at least my favorite, is the notion of volunteerism. We have said that everyone who comes to Live at Opus will volunteer at least 10 hours a month in a meaningful way, enough that it will actually reduce our overhead and staffing costs and create a great sense of community. Now, it's interesting. When we first came up with this idea, I would have to be honest. There was a bit of skepticism uh, about whether people would find this attractive. So we did some market testing. We hired professional focus group runners, managers, and they did focus groups. And we asked the following question. If you were to move into this community and volunteerism was a requirement, do you think the requirement should be two hours a month, five hours a month, or 10 hours a month? To our shock, 83% of people chose 10 hours a month. Now, I wasn't allowed into the focus groups, but afterwards I went and I said, what's wrong with you people? Why why aren't you choosing two? And two answers particularly struck me, although there were many brilliant answers. One woman said, look, I'm going to live the rest of my life in this community and I'm nervous. What if I don't fit in? What if I don't like people? What if people don't like me? And she said, it's always going to be a little bit of a crapshoot, but I know that if I move into a place where everyone has agreed to volunteer 10 hours a month, chances are there are people that I'm going to fit in with. So I thought that was beautiful. And then this other guy really got my heartstrings tugged at them. He said, well, I'm lonely. My wife died three years ago. I'm very lonely, and I'm also very shy. And I've been to some of these presentations, and people say, you can sit at any table you want for dinner, and everyone will welcome you. And I'm going to tell you 150 times, I, I will not sit at a table where I don't know people. I can't. But He said I was a librarian. So I'm going to volunteer 10 hours a week in the library and people are going to come in and I'm going to say, do you want a book recommendation? And they're going to say yes, and I'm going to talk about what they like. And I'm going to give them such a good recommendation that they're going to come back and ask for another recommendation. And then we're going to get into another conversation and then they're going to invite me to sit at their table and I will. So it's turning out volunteerism is a positive. Now that we're actually in the marketing phase, a shockingly large number. I don't have an exact system, but I think it's like 90%. People, when you ask them, why are you making a deposit to go to Opus? They say, oh, because the volunteerism, it creates the kind of environment that I want to live in. So that's the the big piece. The other two pieces that help with the financing is we're not trying to recreate everything on the campus. So we're located near other amenities. And so we're not going to build a swimming pool because we're adjacent to the JCC, the Jewish Community Center. And they said our folks can have a heavily discounted membership. And so we're taking advantage of what's in our neighborhood. We're near some great restaurants. so We're not going to have dinner every night. You know, people can go out um, and that saves money in the building and the operating. And finally, the biggest thing that croaks middle income seniors is when they need a little bit of care. You only, if you're in a single family home, you can only buy it in three to four hour increments. So I had this with my own mother of blessed memory. She needed a half an hour in the morning, half an hour at night, and I had to purchase eight hours a day. And there go your savings. So we're going to have a partnership on site. So people can purchase exactly only what they need. And so their money will go farther and that will help them stay with us for the rest of their life. So these are the things that we think can make this really successful for middle-income folks.
0: And you're hoping that this will become a national model? Well,
1: I'm hoping we're going to make it work and it's going to be fabulous. And then I hope other people will either copy this model, or come up with their own. I just hope we don't, as a society, allow the majority of older adults who happen to fall in the middle to go by the wayside and not have that opportunity to live in an intentional community where people build and nurture community and support people for their whole lives. I'm really hoping we, we're we taking the risk. We'll be the um, canary in the coal mine, if you will. And I'm hoping people will either replicate our model or come up with their own but not allow this whole group to go unserved.
0: What other areas do you believe senior
1: housing providers need to address? So I'm hoping we all can coalesce together as senior housing providers and think about the relationship between housing and healthcare and how sad it is that the two systems are so siloed because each one could reinforce each other quite brilliantly. The affordable housing, the housing people can stay in a long time. When you bring services in, it's far more efficient. Let me give you one quick statistic example in Massachusetts. Um, the average home care worker is you know, working an eight hour day, but actually putting in five and a half hours of work because they have to go from place to place. When they're in our building, because you go from apartment to apartment, eight hours, of pay, eight hours of work, eight hours of work. And so the efficiency of our systems, it's not just what's better for the individual, although believe me, it's better for the individual. It also is better. And so we have to stop wasting money on not integrating these two systems simply because they're funded out of different streams in the federal and state government. And I think we've all got to look at that carefully and really be radical in changing the way we pay for everything and therefore do it together and have those synergies.
0: In addition to serving more middle-income older adults, where do you see the industry headed in the next decade?
1: So I'm hoping we're going to all pay a lot of attention to the need for affordable, affordability. People really going, the baby boomers on average, I think it's 55% less. I forget the exact statistic. I can get that for you. They're way less savings than will have a successful aging. The two biggest threats to optimal aging are loneliness and affordability. Housing models that address both, like two life does are really efficient, effective, and joyous. And isn't that what our older adults deserve? And our society is better off. You know, older adults encompass an enormous amount of wisdom, curiosity, experiences to guide the rest of us. And when they have to spend their time figuring out whether to have heat medicine this month or whether or not they can get their shovel their sidewalk shoveled because the guy who did it last month disappeared and they're spending all their time or so chronically lonely then they don't have time to mentor the next generation and we all suffer. You know, there's a, a famous Midrash, which means it's a commentary on the Bible. It says, Adam and Eve went so far astray in the Garden of Eden because they had no elders to guide them. Let's not waste that opportunity. Let's give our older adults the kind of loving kindness and support and, and joy that they've given us so that they can help us build the next generation and constantly improving society. We've been talking with Amy Schechtman,
0: president and CEO of Two Life Communities. Amy, thanks for being with us today. Thank you so much, and thank you so much to McKnight's. What a great organization. Thank you very much. For McKnight's Senior Living, this is editor Lois Bowers. Thank you for listening to McKnight's Senior Living Newsmakers podcast. For the latest in senior living news, visit McKnightSeniorLiving.com.